0: Pearl of Great Price podcast. And thanks for joining us today. It's August the 25th. And on this day in Christian history, we're back to the year 1900. And we travelled to Germany where today the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche died. The last ten years of his life had been filled with unhappiness and suffering after he had suffered a mental breakdown. While in northern Italy, two policemen had approached him after he had caused a public disturbance in the streets of Turin. What actually triggered this remains unknown, but an often repeated tale from shortly after his death states that Nietzsche witnessed a flogging of a horse at the other end of the Piazza Carlo Alberto. He ran to the horse, he threw his arms around its neck to protect it, and then collapsed on the ground. His life had been marked by an intense genius, and also mental anguish, which increased towards the end, and he had lived the latter part of his life in a self-imposed near isolation. His emotional instability was linked to his creative genius, and had probably been exacerbated by the large doses of opium he had taken in periods while he was having trouble sleeping. Maintaining friendships had been a lifelong struggle for Nietzsche, and after severing his social ties with the composer Richard Wagner, Nietzsche had few remaining friends. The direction and intense content of his later work resulted in more alienation. And Nietzsche recognised this, and maintained his solitude, although he often complained. His books remained largely unsold, and in 1885 he printed only 40 copies of the fourth part of Zarathustra, and distributed a fraction of them among close friends. After his breakdown, he returned to Germany to be with his mother, and then after her death, lived with his sister Elizabeth during these last years, he suffered at least two strokes which had partially paralysed him, leaving him unable to speak or walk. And after contracting pneumonia, he had another stroke during the night and died at about midday on August the 25th. Elizabeth had him buried besides his father at the church in Rochenlutzen. And, and one of his few remaining loyal friends and secretary, Gast, gave his funeral oration, proclaiming, Holy be your name to all future generations. Nietzsche's father, Karl Ludwig Nietzsche, was a Lutheran pastor and a former teacher who had died from a brain ailment when Frederick was only five. Academic records from one of the schools attended by Nietzsche noted that he excelled in Christian theology, And as a young man, he began studying theology and classical philology at the University of Bonn in the hope of becoming a minister. However, after just one semester and to the anger of his mother, he stopped his theological studies and claimed to have lost his faith. In his essay, Fate and History, Nietzsche argued that historical research had had discredited the central teachings of Christianity. But in spite of this, he also conceded that David Strauss's life of Jesus still seemed to have a profound effect on him. And this was an early indication of his contradictory nature. Ludwig Feuerbach's influential book, The Essence of Christianity, Convince Nietzsche that people created God and not the other way round. Feuerbach also had a similar impact at the time on Charles Darwin, Karl Marx and Sigmund Freud. So in June 1865, at the age of 20, Nietzsche wrote uh, to his sister Elizabeth, who was deeply religious, explaining his loss of faith. Hence the ways of men part. If you wish to strive for peace of soul and pleasure, then believe. If you wish to be a devotee of truth, then inquire. Concentrating on philology, that is the study of languages it's preserved in written sources, he became a lecturer in classical philology focusing on texts written in the languages of Latin and Greek. He had obtained a professorship at the incredible age of 24, a sign of his brilliance and precocious nature. However, even though Nietzsche wasn't a systematic thinker, he was harshly critical of the attempt to systematise thought. His often contradictory thinking had great influence and power, His method was brutal at times, and he said himself that he did philosophy with a hammer. At a time of great geological discoveries, maybe he felt he could unearth the truth by breaking away a lot of the cultural accretions that covered them up. After he died, he became a cult figure through his work, and some considered him to be a prophet whilst many others saw him as dangerous. Fifteen of his major works have been translated into English, mainly through the work of the Princeton professor, Gerald Kaufman, with originals in German numbering more than double that. Three prominent elements of his philosophy have had a significant impact on Christian thought. Firstly, firstly, He took his philosopher's hammer to Christian morality, which was ubiquitous at the time. His radical critique of truth was influenced by the emerging body of philosophy known as existentialism. And Nietzsche, instead of absolute truth, offered a theory of perspectivism, which is a form of moral relativism. Secondly, In his book On the Genealogy of Morals, considered to be his masterpiece by some scholars, he looks at the evolution of moral concepts with a view of confronting moral prejudices, specifically those of Christianity and Judaism, arguing that it is related to a master-slave morality. In this he was influenced by the philosophy of Hegel. And now that God is dead, As Nietzsche famously wrote, it was time for us to reconstruct our own morality, as the voice of conscience could no longer be the voice of God. It is therefore up to us to reconstruct our own values. Freud wrote of Nietzsche as having anticipated psychoanalytic concepts. However, Freud's concept of the superego, being responsible for our conscience, has now been widely discredited. Modern psychological studies into the phenomenon of the human conscience indicate that values are something that we discover and therefore can be described as an act of co-creation, which is a more subtle point than Nietzsche is making. Finally, aware of the profound crisis of nihilism that followed the swinging of his philosophical hammer, Nietzsche offered an affirmation of life in response to the death of God. This death was no fading away, the dying of an outdated concept, but a more accurate reading of Nietzsche is that he is chronicling the murder of God as a result of the Enlightenment. And in this way, he was the first thinker to stare unblinkingly into what the murder of God would mean for civilization. Saying, when one gives up on the Christian faith, one pulls the right to Christian morality from under one's feet. Nietzsche's thought was profoundly existential, but this was not the mystical existentialism of Kierkegaard. See the podcast of August the 8th. Nietzsche had taken existentialism in a darker direction and one that would be exploited in the 20th century by totalitarian states. Although Nietzsche recognised that the dignity of humankind and the dignity of labour were Christian concepts, he felt that the cross was a scandal and that there was nothing holy about it but it allowed Christianity to make humanity sick with its focus on weakness. He despised the poor and considered concern for the lowly and suffering as a form of poison. In his 1886 book, Beyond Good and Evil, Prelude to a Philosophy of the Future, written in the latter stage of his life, he repeated the ideas in his previous work, The Thus Spoke Zarathustra, but this time with a more polemical approach and may be indicating the sense of isolation that he found himself in. He accused past philosophers of lacking critical sense and blindly accepting dogmatic premises in the consideration of morality. The work moves into the realm beyond good and evil, leaving behind the traditional morality, which Nietzsche subjects to a destructive critique in favour of what he regards as an affirmative approach that fearlessly confronts the perilous condition of the modern individual. In his 1882 book, The Gay Science, he famously wrote, do we not hear the noise of the grave diggers who are burying God? Do we not smell the divine putrefaction? For even God's putrefying, God is dead. God remains dead, and we have killed him. There is a, this is a more subtle point which is understood in the context of the wider book. That Nietzsche is arguing that scientific developments and the increasing secularization of Europe had effectively killed the Abrahamic God, who had served as the basis for meaning and value in the West for more than a thousand years. He realized that the death of God in this way may lead to outright nihilism. The belief that nothing had any inherent importance and that life lacked purpose. But Nietzsche surprisingly believed that the Christian moral doctrine provided people with intrinsic value. And thus Christianity was an antidote to a primal form of nihilism, the despair of meaningless. This may make it harder to label Nietzsche easily as an atheist, One of his foremost translators, Walter Arnold Kaufman, a professor at Princeton University, suggests that his statements reflect a more subtle understanding of divinity. Nietzsche had turned away from Schopenhauer, the thinker who had interested him in philosophy, calling it a passive nihilism or Western Buddhism. Nietzsche approached the problem of nihilism as a deeply personal one, calling this moment a deep self-reflection of humanity. He claimed that the Christian faith as practiced was not a proper representation of Jesus' teachings as it forced people merely to believe in the way of Jesus but not to act as Jesus did. A similar criticism that Mahatma Gandhi would make And in particular, his example of refusing to judge people, something that he felt Christians can constantly did. He condemned institutionalized Christianity for emphasizing a morality of pity, which he felt made suffering contagious. And in another book, Ecce Homo, Nietzsche called the establishment of moral systems based on the dichotomy of good and evil, as a calamitous error. He indicated his desire to bring about a more new naturalistic source of value in the vital impulses of life itself. He felt that the then modern anti Semitism was despicable and contrary to European ideals. Jews should be thanked for helping uphold the respect for the philosophies of ancient Greece and for giving rise to the noblest human being, Christ. The purest philosopher, Baruch Spinoza, the mightiest book and the most effective moral code in the world have turned in his grave when his concepts of the superman, the ubermensch, who had shaken off the shackles of traditional morality, was taken up by the Nazis. And his argument about the will to power, which he maintained provided a basis for understanding human behaviour, more so than competing explanations such as ones based on pressure for adaptation, adaptation or survival, also helped shape the direction that Hitler's propagandists took. The Nazis made selective use of Nietzsche's philosophy and Hitler was a frequent visitor to the Nietzsche Museum in Weimar and used expressions of Nietzsche's in his notorious Mein Kampf. So how do we understand the anger and the force of his personality? Nietzsche never married and he was never able to root his hope in bringing offspring into the world and thus make some sort of compromise with society. He proposed to Lou Salome, a beautiful Russian psychoanalyst, three times and each time he was rejected. Nietzsche's friend Paul Ray had previously proposed marriage to her but she instead proposed that they should live and study together as brother and sister along with another man for company, where they would establish an academic commune. When Frederick was invited to join them, it is believed that Nietzsche fell instantly in love with Salome as Ray had done, and they toured together with her, touring through Switzerland and Italy, planning their commune, and they intended to set up their commune in an abandoned monastery, but no suitable location, was found in Lucerne when Nietzsche was alone with Salome he earnestly proposed marriage to her again which she rejected and after discovering his situation Nietzsche's sister Elizabeth became determined to get him away from the immoral woman arriving in Leipzig however they separated from Nietzsche after a falling out between Nietzsche and Salome have Salome viewed the idea of sexual intercourse as prohibitive and marriage as a violation. And reflecting on unrequited love, Nietzsche considered that indispensable to the lover is his unrequited love, which he would at no price relinquish for the state of indifference. Nietzsche had served in the Prussian forces during the Franco Prussian War in between eighteen seventy 1870 and eighteen seventy one. As a medical orderly, and he had witnessed the traumatic effects firsthand of battle. He contracted diphtheria and dysentery and syphilis, which would affect his health for the rest of his life. Sigmund Freud later confirmed that the acquisition of syphilis was from an infection from a homosexual brothel, and that his homosexuality was widely known. In the Vienna Psychoanalytical Society. His fame grew after his death, and his legacy of prolific writing has influenced many, and his reputation has survived his thoughts being associated with Hitler. Carl Jung, the Swiss psychologist, who for some time was close to Sigmund Freud and presumed to be his heir apparent, although Jung would then split off and found his own school of psychoanalytic theory. In his Memories, Dreams and Reflections, an autobiography which was transcribed by his secretary, Jung cites Nietzsche as a large influence. And maybe Nietzsche's legacy is expressed most clearly in the ideal of the grand striver. For Nietzsche, this grand striver overcomes obstacles, engages in epic struggles, pursues new goals, embraces novelty and transcends existing structures and contexts. That's all from the Pearl of Great Prize today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the death of the monk who was chosen by Ivan the Terrible to be the godfather of his daughter. For this year's archive podcasts visit www.pogp.net and if you'd like to give any feedback you can email us on pogppod at gmail.com If you have time please subscribe and share the podcast with friends and have a lovely day wherever you are and thanks for listening.